we have a special guest. And uh, for those of you who know Greg, Pastor Greg, he needs no introduction. Greg Phillips pastored here for, I'm guessing, over 20 years. It's, it's at least that. Um, he now uh, travels all over the country. Uh, he's, he's based in the pretty country in the Carolinas, but he travels all over the country speaking. So I always enjoy his perspective uh, from just seeing a lot of different churches. Um, but we brought him for you this morning. If, you, if you've not met him um, or heard him, uh, I'm, uh, he's very gifted and very unique, and there's no point in me trying to explain that. You just sort of have to experience it. <laughs> so we'll let you experience that in just a minute. just want to say this. Um, these in the front and in the back are for your tithes and offerings um, to Church on the Rock. Uh, we will be, after the word, taking up a special offering for Pastor Greg. Um, and so uh, if we encourage you to give to that. We'll do that towards the end. And um, those also, you'll make your checks out to Church on the Rock, and then we'll just make him one check. So just don't get confused. If you want to go to Greg, we'll pass a little bags later. If you want to go to Church on the Rock, uh, put it in the things there. You guys all get that, right? All right. Good. So without any more messing around, I want to hand it over to Pastor Greg and, uh, you know, fasten your seatbelts. Here we go. (laughs) And as they were watching what was going on, they took Jesus's clothes and they began to cast lots for them. As the soldiers were there, they began to cast lots to see who could go with this Jewish guy's clothing. You guys know what casting lots was, right? Yeah? What was casting lots? Like playing dice. It basically was small sticks of descending sizes. You know, kind of like the old stick game where you would, you would grab a hold. Um, what's your name, dear? Pam, good to meet you. Pam, have you ever seen me before? Once. Once. Do I still look as good as I did? (laughs) Even better. I know she's a liar. (laughs) Okay. I'm an encourager. That's right, an encourager. I like that. I'm going to dump this into your hand. Could could you do me a favor? Would you come over this way for just a second? I'll just stand up on the step over there. Now, what's the thing you know about the the, the lot that we have here? Give us... I'm sorry? It's on, well, you, I mean, There's six sides. Good, and? There's numbers one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, hey, take a look. Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is what I'm going to have you do. You are going to take the die. You're going to just give it a little shake, 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 very simply. Okay? It sounds so nice. Hand on the bottom, hand on the top. Shake, shake, shake. Good, good, good. Okay? Take a look inside. What do you see? Number four. Number four. Okay. If you say so. Do, do, do. Uh, what what do I got here? Six, five. That's four there. I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget to greet you properly. You selected. You can go ahead and turn it around and show everybody. I think she made a good choice. Give her a big round of applause. Thank you, dear lady. I spent a bunch of time on Zoom this year. I don't know if you did as well with uh, services and stuff, but I want to let you know that today's service is going to be truly and fully live with no... interruptions or loading or anything like that, I guarantee that everything you see will be. And of course, we're going to make sure that everybody. This boy ain't right in the head. Uh, Sorry, Ms. Phillips, I dropped the baby. Um, Pastor Tony said that I'm in the beautiful country of North Carolina, Asheville, North Carolina, which we affectionately refer to as Trashville. It's right in the midst of the Bible Belt, but it's at the part of the Bible Belt where the buckles come undone. 
Living in Asheville is like living in a bowl of granola. What ain't fruits and nuts is flakes. <laughs> so, now you know where we're going today. As I was praying this morning, I mentioned to Pastor Tony the thing that the Lord spoke to me about. And this was it. Laughter, worship, will bring joy for the day. Now I have to tell you, I am a serious guy, but not very. Because I learned a long time ago, on one of my first mission trips to Haiti with Pastor Jay, that what God brought me there for, because I kept saying, what am I here for? What am I here for? What am I here for? God kept saying, just make them smile. Just make them smile. And so I've tried to go through my life of ministry doing that. It's been 10 years since I've been in this pulpit. 10 years since, since, uh, since we left uh, uh, Church in the Rock, Rock Church. I had a vision years ago of a big rock out front with a big sign. It's a big rock. So it's, it's kind of here, cool to hear. It's going from Church on the Rock to Rock. Although it's still the same thing. I develop stuff for evangelists, children's pastors, and, and folks to use. Now, here's the deal. Here we are on the earth. Here's heaven. And the problem is, we always try to get to heaven in our own strength. And we will never, ever, ever be able to reach heaven in our own strength or with our own mechanical abilities. Correct? But today, I'm going to talk about the presence of God and how when we get in the presence of God, allowing Jesus to change your heart, to change your lives, how things will change. And so instead of striving on our own strength, we let Jesus do it, and Jesus is that connection to God the Father in heaven. I want to introduce my grandson, who is my roadie for the day. Landon is back there, he's 11, and he said, Grandpa, can I come on one of your trips to see what you do? Everybody else did, Uncle Jay and Uncle Malachi and Uncle Micah and my mom always got to go with you to see what you were doing. Can I go and, and be your roadie? And he's discovered some stuff. Grandpa talks a lot. <laughs> Grandpa talks to a lot of strange people a lot. Grandpa goes to some weird places to talk to people a lot. He says, Grandpa, these aren't all church places, are they? Like, no, bud, Grandpa's kind of a marketplace minister. Because we got to go where the folks are that, that need to hear about Jesus. And so it's been great having him. We finish here today, and we move on to five outreach programs in Lake Wales this afternoon. And, and if you look outside, there's a big gray trailer out there that folds down into a stage. We spent this past year... While everybody was locked down, Pastor Greg was getting phone calls from, from churches going, Pastor Greg, we still have to feed the kids. Is there any way that you can come and sneak in and do a program for them? So we would go and we would set up, we'd throw hula hoops down so everybody was distanced and they, they'd pass out their food and I would do an evangelistic outreach program and then we'd drive away, go to the next place. And I covered Maine to Minnesota, Texas to Florida, all during the China virus stuff. Because the church, in so many places, has backed away from what they should be doing. Amen. The church has become so fearful. Do you realize how quickly churches were shut down during this stuff? Yeah. I mean, it was like, like, a, like a switch overnight. Church, no church. Church, no church. But I did what God wanted me to do, and that was to take the word. To go and take the word. Jehovah's sneaky. <laughs> Police would drive up and they'd see us out there with, with these kids and families and stuff. And they'd see that they're passing out food and that kind of thing. And uh, they'd just drive away. 
they'd smile and they'd drive away because they knew that it had to happen. And so the thing that we need to realize is that God has told us to go. And we need to go. Now, today, I wanted to talk a little bit about presence. A little bit about presence. Now, as you notice, and I've said this a bunch, the only difference between a children's pastor and a senior pastor is stuff. present or present or presence takes on several different meanings as we look at it. I can present a present. I can give you a present. And then today we're going to talk about God's presence. And before we do, I want to thank everybody for a couple things. Number one, there's several families here that have supported my ministry since we left uh, Church on the Rock. And I want to thank you so much for your faithfulness. It's really kept us going. During the, uh, during the last few years, I've had some major health issues that, that folks stepped in with, and that was wonderful. Thank you. Uh, during the China virus, I lost all my paying shows. And so all these outreach things we did were because of faithful folks that were continuing to support us. So thank you. And the other thing is for all the folks that just pray. So, Pastor Greg, we're praying for you. Pastor Greg, we're praying. So, thank you. Because it's just uh, prayers sometimes that, that, that we move on. And so, as you think about weird and crazy, just say a, a prayer. <laughs> this, 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 uh, this year has been great up until July uh, 25th. I was in Indianapolis doing a Fellowship of Christian Magicians convention. I was teaching about 200 other gospel performers how to share their faith. I had put together the convention. We had guest speakers come. I was one of the guest speakers. And midweek, I started feeling weird. And Friday, when it ended, I had to drive to Chicago to see my son. So from Indianapolis, feeling woozy, on to Chicago, feeling really woozy. On Monday, I'm driving back to North Carolina, going, let me call the doctor. I think I want to see him when I get there. So Tuesday, they pull you into those outdoor drive-in doctors. You guys have those here? The outdoor drive-in doctor. It's crazy. So you drive in, and they stand back with a long stick and say, here, stick this thing up your nose. She comes back and she says, you're positive. I said, I am positive. I don't feel good. She said, no, 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 you, you have COVID. So here's what I want you to do. Go back to your house. Come back on, this was Tuesday. Come back on Thursday. And we'll give you some of the antibodies. Well, by Wednesday, I didn't have much body left. And so when I got back on Thursday, they admitted me to the hospital. And I was in the hospital for just 10 days. And for those that know me, know that I've got some major health issues. And my heart and kidneys were shutting down. And so everybody was like, well, Pastor Greg, we're praying for you. I had more comments from people saying, you can get through this. You're going to go through it. You can make it. You can make it. And, and I kept saying, don't worry. God's got this. Because you see, the more things change, the more they stay the same. A number of years ago when I was sick with this heart thing that I still have, the Lord gave me a picture on the night of some major surgery, of me sitting around a table with my family and, and my kids, all grown, with their kids, all grown. And he gave me that picture to say, hey, no worries. So here I am in the hospital. If you looked at my uh, Facebook page or if you get my newsletter, you would see I looked horrible. I looked almost, as, as, like, this, almost like this. But the doctors and the nurses kept saying, why aren't you worried? How, how come you're not more upset? Everybody else that's on this COVID floor, is, you know, they're just, 
God's got this. I'm going to be okay. And I explained to them what happened, and they're like, oh, yeah, all right, okay. <laughs> but I stood on that. Because God is up to something then, he's up to something now. The more things stay the same, the more they change. The more they change, the more they stay the same. I walked into the men's bathroom. There's a new nameplate that says gentlemen up there. I remember the old one. The gold one, this one's white now. And it's smaller and you can still see where the gold one was. And I thought, oh, they changed that. But then I got into the men's bathroom and the right-hand stall door still sticks. <laughs> so the more they change, the more they stay the same. I want to talk about God's presence. Now, again, the meanings, present. To be in a particular place, present. To give away formally, a present. Something that's given as a gift. And so, when we're saved, we have to be present with God so He can present His gifts to us. Now, when you add the S to presence, or to present, we get presence. God's presence. And the cool thing is, is that when we're in God's presence, God, and we're there, we're really present in that, God presents us with a gift. God gives us a gift. Love, joy, Peace. Where'd I leave off? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Hold on a minute. <coughs> Sorry, I'm 61. What do you expect? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Self-control. What are those? Those are the fruits of the Spirit. Those are the presents that God gives us when we have a relationship with Him. That's the outflow of the presence of God. The blessings. When, when we're with God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. Now, as I traveled around this year, I saw lots of people that didn't have love. You know what I told them? Get in His presence! They didn't have joy or peace or patience. Get in his presence. Goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Get in his presence. Oh, wait a minute. I got to do this just because. Get in his presence. Get in him. Oh, I shouldn't do that, should I? Being in the presence of God presents us with presence. Scripture says in Psalm 1611, you will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness and joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Pleasures forevermore. God's pleasures. Not necessarily what we think pleasures are, but God's pleasures for us. The trailer. I'm laying in bed. It's in the midst of this COVID stuff. I'm driving and setting up and doing my thing. And I'm standing in a parking lot and trying to jump up so the people in the, in the back part of the parking lot can see me. And all of a sudden, God says, open up your Facebook. I didn't realize God had Facebook. <laughs> Although I guess he does because he always puts those things up there about, you know, press this button and you'll be a millionaire. So I open it up, and there's a, a, a guy I know, a magician, who's selling a trailer that folds down into a stage. And I said, oh, that's cool, God. God says, no, I want you to, I want you to go after that. I said, God, I don't have money for a trailer. I, I don't have the ability to do this. There's no work. I, don't have, God said, I want you to go for it. And I'm thinking, wait a second. 
Years ago, we had a truck that folded into a stage that a lot of us drove into the neighborhoods to do outreach. And I'm like, oh God, the more things are the same, the more they change, the more they change, the more they're the So I texted the guy and I said, I'm interested. Can I come see it? He said, yeah, on Saturday. And as soon as we posted, about 10 other people go, I'll buy it, I'll buy it, I'll buy it, I'll buy it. Sight unseen with the price that it was. Well, Saturday, Joel and I drive about two hours to go look at it. And I say to Joel on the way, look, two things. It's got to be big enough for me to stand up in. And he's got to offer it to us on a deal. Then I'll know it's God. So we get there and the first thing the guy says is, Greg Phillips, I thought it was you. You taught me this trick at this conference 15 years ago. I still do it. He pulls the stage side down. We jump up on it. And I can walk into it. Joel nudges me. Then he says, Joe, the guy that's selling him, you know, I know that you're probably going to use this for ministry and I don't care about the other guys that want it. And he took $1,500 off the price. And God made. Joel says, Dad, I think we should get it. So now we've been driving this thing around, but I had a six-cylinder Highlander. Couldn't do it. Oh, by the money, we raised the money through the ministry to pay for the trailer. I didn't have to do it. God did it. So I'm driving the six-cylinder Highlander, and the trailer's like, I'm thinking, God. God says, don't worry about it. Got it under control. So my mechanic had this brand new 2004 Chevy Suburban. God says, okay, this is it. So I'm squeezing my mechanic to see what the deal is, and the mechanic says, well, I was going to fix it up and sell it, but give me 2500 bucks for it, but it needs a new engine. I'm like, well, what's a new engine going to cost? And he tells me, and we figure it out, and it's like, I don't know, $7,000 altogether. So I went pricing the same vehicle that worked, and they're like $16,000 for one that's that old, because it's a Chevy Suburban, and they're not... Cause just... So they put the engine in, and everything goes good, and we raise the money to to get the Suburban, and, and I got some money to wrap the trailer, and I'm thinking, this is cool. So I drive to Indianapolis with the trailer because I'm going to show the other gospel performers what, 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 what I'm doing with this, and we're going to get it wrapped and everything, and the transmission goes. <laughs> it's a 2004 in Indianapolis. So we had to, had to get a new transmission, and so it's going to be wrapped, I promise. It's going to look pretty when we go into neighborhoods. But as I look at that, I'm 60, I'll be 62 years old in February. And I said, I'm never going to do shows outside again until the China virus hit. And now it seems like today's shows, they'll all be outside. <laughs> Joe was sneaky. But when you're in the presence of God, things change. Things, things get different. Let me uh, get back to the word here. Now, before I go any further, I just want to mention that, that I've been able to bounce around since the virus. I think I'm back about 80%, but I still have to, to take a break now and again. I used to do a 10-hour drive. I can only do about a 7-hour drive, at least in the last three. And so I'm noticing I'm having to, to take a break, to sit down. To, if you just give me a minute here, I know. And I'm, of God, I want you to realize the message is simple. The message is easy. But God's message wasn't meant to be hard. 
If you want to talk about weird, take a look at the crowd that's here today. <laughs> well, here's what I mean. There's people in this room right now that knew me before I got saved. Yeah. That we worked in a nightclub together with. And there's people in here that knew me long after I got saved. There's people in here that I knew when they were kids that have grown up. And it's exciting to see what God is doing in all those things. Now, being in the presence of God presents us with these presents, with these fruits of the Spirit. The benefits of being in the presence of God. Now, I believe that in a person's life, everything can be resolved with that intimate relationship with Jesus. Not with Father so-and-so, not with Pope so-and-so, not with Sister so-and-so, but with Jesus. You see, the problem is, we forget that we receive the outflow, the outpouring of what God gives us. And if we can get to the place of where the outpouring begins, if we can get to the place where the flow starts, we're in the presence of God. But we've become downstream Christians. We're, we're downstream waiting for stuff to happen. And then we think, if we do it mechanically, we just we go through the motions that everything is going to be okay. But you see, as Christians, we need to be where the flow starts. That intimate relationship with God the Father. That intimate relationship with Jesus. Now, if you don't exhibit the fruit of the Spirit in your life, spend time with Him. Spend time with Him. Because then the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, become that outflow of that. So as you look, what's the source of the healing? What's the source of the deliverance? What's the source for the joy when you're not happy? What's the source of the peace in the midst of the storm? It's that personal relationship with Jesus in the presence of God. We know this stuff. We don't do this stuff. Oh, I know about the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, why aren't you showing it in your life? Why aren't you exhibiting it in what you're doing? First grade. Second grade. Third grade. What, it's smart water. <laughs> you can't present yourself alone in God's presence. And not come out changed. You can't do it. When Moses was in the presence of God. He came out glowing. And all of Israel saw it. When you're in the presence of God. Wherever you go. The atmosphere should change. Because of who you carry with you. The presence is with you. And dwells in you. Receiving presents just by being in God's presence. Can you imagine that, that, that 40 year old Israelite guy laying in his tent, wandering around the desert, not sure what's happening, lifts up the tent flap, he looks out and he sees that pillar, turns to his wife, says, Don't worry, God's with us. How about the disciples in the boat? Boats going all around and they see Jesus walking towards them in the water and they hear, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am with you. There's something about being in the presence of God. When we're in the presence of God, Things change. The promise of Scripture is that God is always present with us. 
Nothing changes that fact. God is always with us. The only thing that's changed is our awareness of it. See, God's promise to Jacob was simple. Look, I am with you. From Genesis 28. What was Jacob's reply? He said, surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. I've heard it said that God is doing 10,000 things in your life right now. And you might only be aware of one or two of them. Because you're not at the source. You're not where the flow comes from. You're not in the presence. There's a promise that's been given to us. I am with you always to the end of the age. From Matthew 28, 20. He said, God himself said, I will never leave you or abandon you. In Hebrews. As I looked around the country this year, so many people felt like God wasn't there. Like God had left them. How could God let this happen? We can't let the darkness of the night or the presence of the storm or even the corona, the delta, the united, the spirit, the jet blue virus cause you to doubt whether God is present in your life. Sorry, those are all airborne viruses. The storms of life don't deny God's presence, but they give the opportunity, but they give the opportunity to prove His presence. I got no paychecks coming in. I don't get a paycheck. I'm not on staff anywhere. Mine comes from folks that that, that want to help. And in the middle of the night, God says, "Open up your Facebook, buy a trailer." $3,000. God, I'm trying to come up with rent money for the week. And you... But God. But God. A long time ago, when all this renewal stuff started, and Tony and Gary can probably shake their heads at this for sure, God started doing weird stuff with me. Um, I became a fire starter in places. Um, God gave me a prophetic gifting that was something that was tough for me to go through because as a magician, before I got saved, I knew how to do that stuff with tricks, mechanically. But now all of a sudden, God is doing it with me. And I had to say, Lord, why me? And God said, Because you will. And it dawned on me. Well, when I got saved, God, I promised if you fix, I'd broken my neck. And I said, God, if you fix my broken neck, I'll do whatever you want me to do. As long as I don't have to work with kids. (laughs) Children's pastor, 20 years. But God allowed it because he knew I would do it. Now, I do a lot of prison work. And I always am trying to to reach the guys where they're at. So God gives me this prophetic stuff to say to these inmates in jail or kids on the street or whatever. But I'm going to go back to jail for just a second to give you a, a little bit of God's personality. So he gives me this prophetic gifting I go into prisons and I start prophesying over these guys and and the guys are receiving it and stuff. But the head of the ministry comes over and he says, Pastor Greg, we don't do that here. It's not not the way we we do stuff. Our denomination is a little bit different than yours. We, We love what you're doing, but... So I say, okay, God, I'm a man under authority. This ministry has asked me to do it this way. But you're telling me to do this. So you're going to have to tell me what to say 
so that it's not going against what they're asking about, but yet I still accomplish what you want to do. So God then started giving me these one and two word little prophetic droplets that had the same effect. Because I was faithful, then God was like, I want this to happen. So we're in a prison. I leave Church on the Rock. I go to North Carolina. But before I move, I ask my board of directors. Uh, Bill Yerke's back here. He used to be an elder here as well. Bill's on my board, as are several others. I'm looking for something that I can do in Weird Town. Because I know they're going to ask, hey, do you do tarot cards? You're a magician. You do. So I learned how to do handwriting analysis. And I learned how to interpret tree designs. Taught to me by a psychiatrist. Left and right side of the brain, scientific. And so I'm going to do this with the inmates. Well, one day, the guys are changing their shirts because we're working with a ministry that reunites the guys with their kids. And they take the guys out of their oranges and they put them in a t-shirt. So the guys are taking off their orange things and they're putting on the t-shirts. And, and God says to me, go over here and talk to him about his tattoo. Giant black guy. What do you mean talk to him about his tattoo? Go and talk to him about his tattoo. Well, by this time I know, just go and... So I walk over to this guy. And he's got $100 bills fanned out in a tattoo on his stomach, on his chest. And I said, that's quite the ink. And the guy looks at me because that meant that he was a dealer, a bad guy, a money guy. That's a gang insignia kind of a deal that said don't mess with the money guy and now here's this scrawny little white kid say hey ink but as soon as I opened my mouth God downloaded and God told me to tell this guy hey I'm supposed to tell you that God hears your prayers God knows about your worrying about financial stuff for your family when you get out of here. Because it sounds like you're getting out. God's going to take care of you. You're faithful to God. He's going to be faithful to you. And that money is a reminder that it's all God's. Well, this big black guy is just bawling like a baby. And he reaches out and he grabs me and lifts me up off the floor. <laughs> but if I hadn't have listened to God in his presence and stepped out. There's a prophetic class coming up. You know what? There are folks that have prophetic giftings that are set apart, but you know the prophetic is given to everybody to use so that we can share and witness to everybody else. The promise has been given to us that God is with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And you guys know God the Father, God the Son, and God the, the Holy Spirit. Each one has their own identity. Each one has their own personality. But we have to understand that God is the three in one. Exactly right. And it's that three in one presence. The, the goodness of the, 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 the presence of God, the, the goodness of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit. The three in one. That gives us all that we need. The three in one. Yeah. Stay. There you go. Stay. <laughs> Nevertheless, I tell you, John 16, 7. I'll tell you the truth. Jesus says, I have to go away but I'll send one greater than I. God wants to be in your presence. Jesus says, I go away and I'll send one greater than I. And as you do the interpretation, the study of that, Jesus said that we could do greater things than he did. 
with the power of the Holy Spirit. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God hovered over the deep. As you look at that, that's the word dunamis. Dunamis is where we get the word dynamite from. So the dynamite creative power that formed the universe when God spoke it lives in each believer that's in the presence of God. It's not brain surgery, folks. It's simple stuff, but, but it's not about, you know, I, I was listening to the news last night as we were driving back, and uh, I, 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 forgive me, I'm not trying to enter, and I don't want to, what's the word I want to say? I, wanna, I don't want to offend anybody. But one of the leaders of a country had a visit with a leader of another religious faction, and typically, the leader of the religious faction releases a statement about what they talked about as a leader of the country, leader of this religious faction. They send out a statement to say, well, we discussed this and this and this and this. Well, the leader of this country came out and said, I can continue to take communion because I am a good Catholic. Now, the religious faction did not send out a notice, as they've done for hundreds of years. Are you catching where I'm going here? And people are up in arms on both sides. Well, this is what should have been said, or this is what should have happened, or he can't do this. You know what? It doesn't matter. Because we're not getting to heaven that way. We're not in God's presence that way. If you want to be in God's presence, it's with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, there's benefits. There's benefits to being in a relationship with Jesus. Jesus said, I send the Holy Spirit to indwell within you. And that kind of means to take possession of or to, to be a part of, to be an ingrained part of. And being in the presence has lots of benefits. Romans uh, 10, 17. Confidence and faith. If you don't have confidence or enough faith, get in the presence of God. And faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing the word of God. What does he say? Your relationship with God is going to produce that faith in your life. You know, when, when all that stuff happened with that trailer, and my son who believes, goes to church sometimes. You know, he's one of those kind of a half-prodigal kind of thing. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, praise with me, all that stuff. When he's needling me about what God's doing, then I know God's up to something. So, confidence and faith. Somebody says, I don't have confidence. What's your relationship with the Word? What's your relationship with the word? If you don't have the confidence. I had confidence when I was in that, that hospital that it was going to be okay. Because of the word that God had given me. And the word that God had affirmed through his word. Now another benefit of living in God's presence. Wisdom and understanding. Proverbs 2. My son, if you receive my words, treasure my commands. Incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Get in God's presence. Listen to what he has to say. Listen to what he has to say. See, wisdom and knowledge comes from being in God's presence. But most people don't know the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to use the knowledge. Wisdom is knowing what to do and what not to do. It's like supernatural answers to problems. Now, if you're going to let your life be governed by the circumstance... You're going to let your life be governed by the emotions, by the feelings. I guarantee you won't be in the presence of God. If you let those things take over you, you won't be able to get into the presence of God until you get rid of that stuff. One more benefit of being in God's presence. Exodus 33, 14, and I will give you rest. Philippians 4, 7. The peace of God, 
which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Relationship. Keep in perfect peace. Isaiah 26.3 says, stay in perfect peace. Now, when you choose to be in God's presence, God says, for those that wait will wait for me, I will work for you. If you wait for God, he'll work for you. And then he will give you perfect peace. I don't know if you understand what perfect peace is, but it's from the word shalom. And the word shalom means wholeness. Wholeness. When it's perfect peace, there's nothing broken, there's nothing missing. Well, here's what I want you to do. Everybody say it out loud right now. Say, I have perfect peace. I receive perfect peace. God will keep you in perfect peace, but notice it's about the relationship. Now, I don't want to go over on my time, but there's a couple things that I want to show you if it's okay. And then I want to pray, but I'm going to pray in the way that God showed me that's going to be weird. Are you up for weird? For those that are visiting today, please remember, I am not the regular guy. I'm the irregular guy. I use all kinds of weird props to help illustrate God's word. Because I found out that people engage better when they can see, when they can understand. That's why Jesus was the master storyteller. Where did I leave off? Fourth grade. He's the living water. I was a nightclub performer. Worked in bars and comedy clubs and local clubs here too, Hanju. Huh, I thought my life was good. <clears throat> After all, we did shows for the handicapped kids and, and I volunteered my time. But one night, I had, uh, uh, how do I want to say it? Because there's kids here. I had done some things to my body that I shouldn't have done and was messed up a little bit. And I didn't notice that somebody had spilled a drink on, on a little dance floor stage. Not very high. A couple of steps and I jumped up on it and feet hit the wet spot and they went straight up in the air and I came down, landed on the second, third vertebrae, vertebrae in the back of my neck. Woke up in the hospital with a halo. No wings, but a halo. And the doctor telling me that I was fortunate, but that there were going to be major problems after this. And so as I laid in the bed with my feet sandbagged to the floor and this halo thing and waiting for something to happen, all these people would show up. Guess how many of my drug buddies came, Jewel? Guess how many showed up? None. Guess how many of my drinking buddies showed up? None. The only people that showed up were these Christians saying that God loved me and had a plan for my life. And they explained to me that my life was full of sin. Well, I figured all I'd have to do in my own strength is be a little bit better. One night, as I'm laying in the bed, kind of crying a little bit, always happens at night. I remembered something that one of these folks said to me, that I needed to get into the presence of God and ask him to come into my heart, to change my life from the inside out. 
And so I said, God, if you're real, you fix me. I'll do whatever you want me to do. You ever make a deal with God? I didn't know any better. But that night, I asked Jesus to come into my heart. I asked Jesus to take away the sin, even though I didn't know what it all was. I said, Jesus, make me whole. Make me this, this new creation, whatever it happens to be. Whatever it is, change me. Take away that sin. Let me see what you really want me to be. And God cleansed me from the inside out. Amen. Somebody say, but Pastor Greg. Pastor Thank you. I'll give you your five bucks later, buddy, okay? <laughs> I don't fully understand all of it. Tony, can I have like four more minutes? God created us to have a relationship with us. The Bible says that God walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden. God wanted to be in their presence. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. It's the first drop all day. <laughs> My act is picking up. There we go. God wanted to be with them in the cool of the garden. He wanted to have that relationship with them. In God's presence. But we know something happened. Adam and Eve messed up. And the picture that God created changed. The picture that God created changed because of this. Oh, wait a minute. Because of sin. Sin is anything that separates us from God. And when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, God couldn't be in their presence. And so, the picture was us and sin and God, separated by the things that we've messed up on. But God had a plan. God said, Jesus, go down and do this, this, and this. And let him know about getting into God's presence and how that could change. So Jesus came to earth born as a baby. And at the age of 30, he went into ministry for three years. And he went through so much stuff. On our behalf. Because a penalty had to be paid. There, there had to be a, a sacrifice to bring us back into relationship with God the Father. It was the only way to fix the picture. And Jesus came for us as that living sacrifice. He was beaten, spit on. And finally, he was nailed to a tree. When Jesus had died, they had taken his body down off the cross. And they had put him inside of a borrowed tomb. God was up to something. But nobody knew it. They were afraid of, of what was going on, but they didn't understand God's plan. God's up to something here, once again, Melbourne. And the rest of the world. And we have to be ready for our part of it. God is aligning things. He's taking some of the stuff that was. And some of the stuff that is. And he's turning it into something that will be. If you're ready for it. But you see, in the third day they went to see Jesus. And prepare his body for burial. But when they got to that tomb, the strangest thing. An angel said, why do you look for the living among the dead? 
Jesus wasn't there. Because he did what God needed done. Jesus came to make it so that we could once again be in the presence of God. And when we ask Jesus into our hearts, when we ask God to be present in our lives, God presents us with, with gifts, love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. But God gives us salvation, meaning he cleans the junk out, takes the sin away, so God can once again be with us and we can once again be with God. But it's because of the relationship with Jesus. So many people are not hearing God's voice. Are you taking time to be in his presence? I said I wanted to pray and it was going to be weird. Are you ready? Okay. Um, Jer or Laura, I mean, forgive me. Can you tinkle for me? Would you mind? I hope. I want everybody to just get quiet. I want you to stretch your feet towards the floor. Sit up straight. I was in a prison. Hard, hard woman's prison, Mississippi. And I was trying to reach this group of young ladies that were in a really rough, rough they were the worst of the worst, okay? And all the stuff I was doing, laughing, and they're just looking at me stone cold. And I'm like, Lord, you gotta help me. God said, do this. And this is where that came from. And it's what God has asked me to do today. So close your eyes. Don't think about anything else. I want you to picture yourself sitting in a field of flowers. You can hear the sound of the bees buzzing, birds flying by. You can smell the fragrance of the flowers. As you breathe in, you realize, wow, this is here for me. I want you to stand up and I want you to walk out of that field and just up ahead you see a street and it looks all golden and so you put your foot on this street and you realize it's made from gold and it's firm and it's solid and you begin to walk down that path one foot in front of the other just up ahead, you see a beautiful palace. The windows are shimmering and shiny, made with the most beautiful jewels that you've ever seen. Diamonds, amethysts. And you notice the big doors on the front. And you think, how will I ever get in? Doors are huge and dark, made of acacia wood. But as you step closer to them, they open up as if to say, come in, my child. And as you walk in the doors and into the great hallway, at the end of the hallway, you see lights flashing. And you hear thunder booming. And you hear these voices crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. But you're not afraid. And you notice that sitting at the right hand of someone that you can't really get a good look at is somebody that you seem to know. Like an old friend. He motions to you and you, you walk towards him. And he reaches down to you and he pulls you up into his lap. And he puts his arms around you. And you put your arms around his neck. Breathe in and smell the fragrance of God. 
you notice that your hearts are beating as one. This beats at the same time as yours beats. There's no shame. There's no condemnation. There's no hurt. There's no fear. It feels like it's all been washed away. you up, sets you down, and he looks at you and he says, it's going to be all right. Come back and spend some time, anytime. And as you walk back down the corridor, without the doors, down the street made of gold, back into the field of flowers as you sit down, you realize that you've been in his presence. Change. Things are different. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would touch each person here today. Heal any broken heart. Heal any medical condition. Father, take away any fear. We pray that you would touch any financial problem. God, when we get into your presence, things change. Our attitudes change. Let us carry this as we leave. We love you, Lord. mighty and precious name we pray. All God's children said, Amen. Let me ask a question. Was that too weird? How many people felt like they were sitting in the presence of God? We have to do that. Or we're not going to make it through this garbage. We've got to spend time with God first and foremost. He's got to be your first priority. If he's not, the family's not going to work right. If he's not, your job's not going to work right. If he's not, school's not going to work right. And if he's not, church isn't going to work right. God's up to something. And I want you to listen close. Because he's going to tell you about it. We had some wonderful stuff that happened way back when. But I have to tell you something. For me... It started then, but it hasn't stopped. I'm still doing what I did in the 90s. I'm still praying for people, evangelizing, prophesying, going into the neighborhoods. I'm still living by faith. And it's the greatest adventure. So yeah, be ready for change. But remember, sometimes things are the same change and they change and they're the same okay I hope you enjoyed what uh, what I had to say today if uh, if you like what I did my name's Greg Phillips if you didn't like what I did my name's David Copperfield amen we're going to take a few minutes just go back into worship uh, when I ask the ushers, go ahead and uh, pass the, what do we call those? The, uh, the, the fancy bags. Let's call them that. Pass the fancy bags. 
um, make your checks out to Church on the Rock. This is an opportunity for you to sow into uh, a ministry where people all over the country get saved. This is good. So I encourage you to be generous, and it's all going to go to Greg's ministry. In the meantime, uh, you guys go ahead and bring us back into worship. And uh, we just have 15 minutes to spend in the presence of God. Now, if um, you don't understand, and, and after all that, you should, uh, but if you don't fully get uh, the way to the presence of God, we will be happy to talk with you. You just come up here, and we will pray with you. Amen.